It's the Kyle Hyman Show on Redeemer Radio. This is Kyle Hyman, and here to talk about truth is Ann Garrido. Thanks for being here, Ann. Hey, thanks, Kyle. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you. To start off, I got a true and false questions for you. So, Ooh. you are the oldest of eight. That is true. You've developed an extreme aversion to chalk. This is true also. You have 25 gerbils as pets. That would be false. You have, you have done good research. Okay, two out of three ain't bad. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so when we're talking about truth, do we all agree on the definition of truth or is there some disagreement there? Oh, that's interesting. So I'm not sure that we disagree on the definition of truth. We might. But I think we use the word to mean multiple different things so that truth has multiple definitions in the way that we use it. And we sometimes mix those and interchange them, which is what makes conversation so tough. Hmm. Is there a remedy for that? Or is that just something we're going to be dealing with for the rest of our lives? Well, I think that there is a remedy in the fact that I think we can get a lot more clear in the conversations that we're having with each other about what we are meaning when we're talking. So when I was in the research I've been doing lately, what I've looked at is four ways that people use the word truth in everyday life. And then I look at the ways the Catholic tradition talks about each of those ways of doing truth, because each one needs sort of a different skill set or capacity to be able to disentangle the conversation and the relationship. So what are those four ways? Well, the first way that people use the word truth is kind of the classical way that Thomas Aquinas talked about the word based on the work of the Greek philosopher Aristotle, which is having a mind that's aligned with reality. And so, and this is kind of what we would talk about is like objective truth, that it, yes, I, there's an answer to whether or not I have 25 gerbils. There's an answer to whether or not I have eight, you know, I'm the oldest of eight. So I want to have in the wider world, there is, reality is what it is. And I want to make sure that my way of perceiving reality is as aligned with reality as possible, or else I'm in danger of a tremendous crash. Because for example, if I jump out of a fourth-story window and I don't, quote, believe in gravity, I'm still going to hit the ground as fast as anyone else. Right. Um, the second way of talking about truth, though, is having a mind that's aligned with what's good. And those are things that there's not necessarily, like, a verifiable answer to, but it's us, the way that we put the facts together in our mind to figure out a construction as to how we should live in the world and what's the best way of living in the world. So these are what we might call judgments or opinions. And the Catholic tradition, again, has another way. You can't use a ruler to decide whether or not someone is behaving appropriately, right? Like these are things that there's right. judgment around. And we're not saying all opinions are equal, but there's a different set of skills we need to figure out what's the best judgment here. A third way of talking about truth is having your mouth aligned with your mind. So it's possible my brain could be lined up with reality, but what comes out of my mouth is totally different. And that's called truthfulness. We have a lot of teaching around what truthfulness looks like and the evil of lying. Hmm. And then the fourth way of talking about truth is in relationships. What does it mean to be true? You know, when you say like, is Mike true? You're not asking me if my husband exists. You're asking me like, is he faithful? Is he there? Can you count on him? Right. And that's sort of the classical Hebrew definition of truth. 
emmet. We hear in the Bible over and over, God is truth. That's the way that's talking about it there. In the Hebrew Bible, like in the Old Testament scriptures, the word for truth, emmet, is really talking about God's fidelity. Now, when we say God is truth, I think we could say it's in all four categories, right? <laughs> if I just did meaning God exists, that's such a narrow way in which we could understand that God is truth. Because it also means that God is good. It also means that God is truthful. It also means that God is faithful. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that's in the Old Testament, like in the New Testament, where we say Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Would that be the same or a different version of truth? Yeah, that's a great question. In the New Testament, we know is originally written in Greek, right? So it's aletheia is the word that's used. Okay. And that specific phrase only applies, only comes out in the Gospel of John. There's multiple ways, I think, that Scripture scholars themselves have interpreted it. And so... When I've written on the topic, I haven't gone deeply into, like, what does that phrase mean in Scripture, but recognizing that how we define the word truth and recognizing that it has a whole breadth of meaning can actually open up new possibilities for us to think about God as true or Jesus as true or our faith as true, because sometimes I think our definition of truth is so narrow uh, when we use that word. So we need to think about all the ways in which our tradition thinks of that word truth. And Pope Francis has done some amazing preaching on this recently. Some of his homilies, he has one on the parable of the Good Samaritan and talking about how we can learn about truth from the parable of the Good Samaritan, that the Good Samaritan was true in that he was somebody who drew near to this person in need. So he talks about Sometimes truth, we think about truth as an objective reality, something I figure out from standing at a distance. But he talks about, like, in the parable of the Good Samaritan, there's another face of truth, which is drawing near to people in need. And when you get close to them, you'll know what to do. Hmm. So our tradition has lots of ways of talking about this topic. And I just want to say all of them are incredibly valuable, and all of them need to be recovered if we're going to figure out a spirituality of truth for the modern world. So what made you want to write about truth? Um, I think I'm very, I could see as someone who works a lot in the field of preaching and communications and mediation, I could see how people's communication around this was so tangled. Um, I listened to a lot of preaching on it in my own experience of church life that I thought was inadequate Mm -hmm. for some of the challenges that we're facing in 2020. And I felt like this was an area of church teaching that just needed to be brought to light more. Like it could serve our country at this particular moment in time. And instead it was pretty, people had pretty muddled thoughts about it. And I wanted to just see, could I contribute to helping the conversation go better and have a little more clarity? Sure. We're talking with Ann Garrido. Her book is Let's Talk About Truth, a guide for preachers, teachers, and other Catholic leaders in a world of doubt and discord. And in the book, you talk about four foundational roles that truth serves in the Christian life, and they aren't what I was expecting. So can you talk about the four different roles? Well, this is actually, it's linked to these four different definitions of truth uh, that I just gave. So it's the idea that we as Christians, if we want to live a spirituality of truth, 
what I think about there is in um, the Gospel of John, at one point in Jesus says, uh, in John 3, he's talking to Nicodemus, and he says, those who live truth will come to the light. Hmm. And when I hear that word, those who live truth, it's not talking about truth as like a thing. It's talking about truth as almost like a verb, eh? But it's something that we have to do. So I think about spirituality as, you know, a classic definition of theology is faith seeking a way to understand something. Spiritual is like faith seeking a way to live something. And I, I was like, what are four ways that we as Christians then have to live truth? And so it's, we have to always, like in the first category, I have to always be seeking truth. I always have to be open to learning more information that will help me to more completely have my mind aligned with reality. I have to always be conscious on the way that I make opinions and judgments. So that's a critical part to living truth in today's world is that I have, not all judgments go, not all opinions are equal. So am I informing my conscience? Am I taking into account the impact that my decisions are having on people, on other people? So that's kind of that second category of truth. The third way, am I being truthful? Am I making sure that I'm not passing on fake news? Am I sure that my own social media account, that I'm checking that what I'm saying is actually truthful, Mm -hmm. that I'm actually not lying, that I'm standing up in society and taking a stance against lying and saying, hey, that's wrong. I don't agree with that. That's Mm -hmm. not acceptable behavior. And the fourth one is, am I being true? Are there friendships that I'm really in marriage and relationships I'm, I'm faithful to? And then I'm hanging in there with people, sometimes even people who I might radically disagree with about stuff, but what does it look like to be faithful right now? So those are four things I think that we as Christians are called to do in 2020. Do you think it contributes to the problem when we refer to truths as beliefs and say, like, we believe this, or as Catholics, we believe when we also know that it's the truth? See, I think what ends up happening is in the same way that truth is used in different ways, we mean slightly different things by belief. So that's what ends up getting complicated in everyday conversation, because there's some ways in which truth, in that first category, it exists whether you believe it or not. Like, either God is real or God is not real, and you believing it doesn't affect God's reality, right? But there are other ways in which I believe this person is arrogant, or I believe this person meant to do, meant harm, you know, or stuff like that. These are things which, like in that realm of judgment, though we're oftentimes using a lot of the same language, but we're using it in quite different ways. And one of the great challenges is that not everything that we hold to be true is verifiable, right. which makes interesting conversation. Yeah. And not everything that we hold to be true is necessarily true in the way that we think it is like our brains may not be big enough to have entirely comprehended everything. Sure. So these are the things that make things just really tangled conversations. And part of what can help in a conversation is being in what way do you intend what you're saying to be as to be understood as true? Yeah, I guess I'm thinking of things like if we would say uh, the Catholic church believes that the Eucharist is the real presence of Jesus 
well, we also know that that's true. And when we mm-hmm. refer to it as a belief instead of a truth, do, do, are we offering that this could be open to interpretation when it's not? Well, I think in that conversation, what you would want to do is to think about in what way do you understand that statement to be true? Uh-huh. And what will we, how will we, one of my great concerns in the book is how will we talk about things with each other when we hold different things as true? Mm. So when you're in conversation with other people who might not be Catholic, in what way do you share with them what you hold to be true and how it is true? Yeah, because that's where oftentimes if we use truth in conversation in such a way that it becomes that the other experiences it as a bludger, it doesn't mean that the statement that we've made is anything less than true. Right. But what it does mean is that I need to actually also consider relationally is how I'm communicating this the very best way to be in relationship with that person. Now, these are really complicated stuff, eh? Yeah. So it's not, these are not simple conversations at all. And we're out of time, but I want to make sure people know where they can get the book. You can find Anne's website, annegarrido.com. Uh, also, the book is available from Ave Maria Press or wherever you get your books. It's Let's Talk About Truth, a guide for preachers, teachers, and other Catholic leaders in a world of doubt and discord. Thank you so much, Anne Garrido, for sharing it with us today. Kyle, you're awesome. Thank you.